Thanks so much for watching our show. We really appreciate the support. It costs a lot to produce, so we're asking for donations and pledges here on Patreon. Thanks again. Welcome to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett, and I'm Dr. Brett, and today I'm here with Andre Gilio, right? Yes, Buck that's right. Buck Bucknell Jr., and uh, a pretty avid competitive, hyper-competitive squash player. When Is that accurate? Like, is that a good yeah, way of... Yeah, that, that, that's accurate. Um, competitive in, like, in every sense. Um, when it comes How long have you been playing? How'd you get into squash? We'll go into all kinds of stuff today. But, you know, squash is not a sport that everybody in the world plays. It, it feels a little bit more Northeast than other sports. Is that true? Yeah, that's, pre that's pretty accurate. Um, it is definitely a regional sport. Um, and it's... It's regional in different ways in the U.S. and in, in other parts of the world. In uh, England, in particular, where the sport was founded, it's more of like a working class sport. In the U.S., it's more of like a country club sport, um, oh, particularly okay. in New England. Um, how I got started with it, um, pretty pretty uh, traditional. Way. Like my school built courts when I was about like 13 years old. Um, mm. They started the, the middle school. You're class. talking about your middle school. Uh, yeah, it was a middle school at the time. My middle, uh, my school was seventh through twelfth grade. Um, they built courts. I decided to take the intramural class. Um, kind of fell in love with it, and mm -hmm. there was a, there was, a, you know, I had this vacancy during the winter where, you know, there's there's no outdoor sports, so I was might might as well do something. Um, I picked it up and I really loved it. Um, and ever since then, I've been I've been you know playing tournaments, playing college, um, still you know, training all the time, even when there aren't any tournaments. Yeah, it's super intense. I'm an identical twin for those of you guys that don't know that. I think you know that, Andre. But um, yeah, we used to play, my twin brother and I used to play, you know, and we would be, you know, pretty ferocious. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's kind of one of those super intense sports, right? Because you have such a small space or whatever. How do you, you know, how do you like keep your emotions in check when you're playing in such a tight space, you know, and you get that competitive? How do you handle all that? Part? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, squash is, um, it's, it's in the most simple way I could put it. Um, it's kind of like tennis in a box. So it's a racket sport. Yeah. The ball is different. The rules are obviously very different. Um, but it's interesting in that you share the same space as your opponent. Um, and you're kind of locked in a room with them. Um, and so in that sense, it can, it can mm -hmm. kind of take on a kind of gladiatorial nature. Um, and it can get very intense. And like, as you alluded to, it can be hard to keep your emotions in check. Um, and that's one of the, the most difficult things about it is when, when you're playing with or practicing with someone that you're, you know, you're friends with, it's easy to, to mm. keep your emotions in check. But, you know, you go and play a tournament with someone who's um, not your friend. Um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, your, your emotions can get the best of you. Um, and so just doing simple things like, you know, breathing, um, you know, yeah, really just breathing would be one of the biggest things that, that yeah, I have totally. has, has been helpful in, in trying to like, you know, not, not let your emotions get the best of you because it is very easy for that to happen. You know, I can totally see that. Now, is squash like D1, D3 or has it got its own little, you know, like sort of yeah. dynamic so, there? How it does has, it work? It has its own league. Um, so it's not uh, recognized by the uh, NCAA. Um, so it's, it's a bit like rowing. Um, we, there's no divisions. Um, there's the only real delineation between programs is, 
um, varsity versus club. And even that's kind of murky because there are a lot of club programs that recruit. Um, so there's, there's just uh, the, the, the best way to like, you know, delineate programs is what, where they fall in the national tournament each year. So there's, um, the A division, B division, C division, so on. Um, and so, so like, what's that distinction though? Is it, you know, what makes you an A? Uh, national ranking. National, you mean the program is ranked in the A division? Like, you know, so who is the top university in squash, for example? Top university would be Harvard. Um, Harvard. Oh, that doesn't yeah. surprise us. Here. <laughs> yeah. Somehow that uh, seems to fit, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, for squash. That would be Harvard. So the, the A, those pools are kind of determined by your ranking. So the one through eight going into the national tournament are in the A division. The nine mm. through 16 are in the B division and so on and so forth. And it goes all the way down to like the you know seventy something. Wow! And so it's the you know so is there separate like championships? So Harvard wins the A division, and then exactly. you know I gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And did you you played at the college level for a while too, right? Yeah, I I, I did. Um, I still do. Um, I'll be at, at uh, it's at the club level now, but. We still um, compete against varsity programs. Um, we still have a very competitive schedule and we're still a competitive team. So in terms of the quality of play, um, going from a varsity program to a club program, that really isn't uh, discernible in any way. In fact, in some ways, it's gone up. Wow, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And, it, and is, is squash an Olympic sport or, or will it be? That is a that is a, a touchy subject. Unfortunately, it is not a, uh, an Olympic sport. Um, that has been uh something that, that that they've been fighting for for uh i mean it, 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 the conversation conversation comes up every year there's an olympic bid um yeah. we lost to skateboarding um recently so that that uh that sent some uh, some ripples through the uh, well skateboarding is a little uh, hipper right you lost to a hipper sort of for sure yeah <laughs> I, I, I that way yeah in, in terms of being a global sport though i don't know if uh, if skateboarding squash and that, yeah. What other, um, you know, where is skateboarding up. besides the United States? Where else is skateboarding huge around the world? Uh, you know, I really don't know. I, uh, I couldn't tell you that. I, uh, and it's, I, I tend to associate it with being more of a, an American sport. I know people do skateboard in other countries like Europe, uh, gotcha. like all across Europe. There's, uh, I know you're not an expert in, in an expert in skateboarding. I'm just sort of being playful here, but coming back to the world of squash. So I assume because you played so much squash and you're so competitive, you'd love to see it as an Olympic sport. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that would be the, like, the end all be all for like, you know, making the sport grow um, in the ways that they want it to. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think they have to do more to kind of appeal to a younger audience um, cause at the moment it's kind of a, it's, it's a sport that I, I think is more appealing to the elder, uh, like an older, older crowd. Um, just in the, like the, you know, there's not much flair to the game uh, at the moment. It's kind of a, you know, very, it's not a very passionate, um, kind of, a, uh, flamboyant game. It always feels of, like a new England type sport, right? Exactly. Like, you even know, in on the general, tour, there's really? a, you know, when even uh, yeah, even when there's a, uh, you know, an excessive celebration that, uh, you know, that, that kind of bothers a lot of the, uh, the, the big wigs in, in squash. Um, 
And so I think in order to appeal to a, to a younger crowd, I think, you know, allowing for the kind of pageantry that you see in sports like football, hockey, lacrosse, baseball, I think that, um, I think, I think doing more to appeal to a younger crowd would, would do well for the sport. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, what in particular, what you love about squash and, you know, I mean, and if you have any regrets, you know, do you wish you'd played other sports as well? Um, yeah, I mean, the thing I love about it most um, is that I think, well, it's the team component, which may sound kind of weird given that it's an individual sport. Um, but once you get to college and, so, and if you play on a high school team, um, you know, having like a group of teammates just makes it all worth it. Um, you know, if you travel for tournaments, you do individual tournaments and say you don't have a high school team to play with, it can be kind of lonely. Um, whereas when you, when you have a, a team to like, kind of bond with in like a more traditional sense. Um, I think that that makes it worth it for me. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. Um, I, I honestly, I candidly don't think I would be playing squash if, if I couldn't play uh, team squash. Um, hmm. And have you felt the difference between like a club team and like a college team? Has there been a distinction there for you? Um, only because of the people that are uh, involved in it, not so much because it's a, a club team versus a varsity team. I think the guys on, on the club team are, um, I think I fit with them a little a little better, um, but it's just because of the personalities involved. It's not so much because of the the, the type of program it is. Um, gotcha. I think there's there's still a really strong bond, whether you're at on, on a club team or on a varsity team, you all practice together a lot. Um, you all spend time together a lot. So mm. either way, you're, you're gonna get close to these guys. Gotcha. And if you pick up a tennis racket, are you going to be naturally better because of years and years of squash? I mean, if you had to start like even with somebody else who hasn't played tennis, it's kind of weird. They're like tennis and squash are almost like in, in a weird way, almost opposites just because of the way you swing the racket, the way you hold the racket, the movement translates really well. So we get, yeah, I, I do, that's what okay. I was thinking. We get a lot of tennis players who, um, they can't swing, they can't swing a squash racket at all. Um, or they swing it like a tennis racket, which doesn't work, but their footwork is always really good. Um, so a lot of, a big part of my job when I, when I do coaching is just like teaching people to like fix their swing because the footwork is almost always there. Um, so, and, and that, that's, to me, that's one of the hardest things to teach um, is the footwork. So having that there, um, it makes it a pretty easy job. Yeah. And so if you were to go out and play tennis, you would have the footwork piece. You just have to learn a new swing, right? Would not have the swing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Totally. What do you, you know, what do you, you know, what do you want to do next here? What's your next sport? Is there going to be another one besides squash or are you, are you going to stick with this until you're 75 or 80? Um, you know, I, I thought about it. Um, you know, I, I, I want to get into Olympic lifting. Um, I know like Olympic lifting. Yeah, I have uh, no idea. That's interesting. I've known yeah. you for a while. You've never, you've never said anything about that. That's why I'm smiling because I'm no, just like, oh, that a, feels like out of the blue. I'm like Olympic lifting, huh? It is. Like, I mean, power are, lifting. What are you? What are you lifting? <laughs> like, I mean, it, the thing is, like, when you, when I'm twenty, you mean like years Magnus old. or whatever, one of those guys. Oh, that... it's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to explain? <laughs> yes, you do. All right. All right, Olympic lifting. It's like really simple, like uh, clean and jerk, snatch. And that's oh, okay. Really, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I remember. I so you're in your weight category, right? That's the whole idea, exactly. right? You're in your category. Got I, it. So you can be 175 pounds and do your. It's exactly right. The thing I, I think is so cool about it is that it's just like 
when you train for Olympic lifting, you're just like, practicing raw, like athletic talent. Um, right. Like, you're just training to be quite literally more athletic, more explosive. Um, right. That's one thing I think that's really cool about it. And so you see guys that are like, you know, snatching their twice their body weight over their head. Um, it's pretty incredible. And then they're like, it's not just about strength. It's, there's a, a big form component. Um, I, it, it's fascinating. Um, and also there's the other component, which is that I'm 22 years old. There's only, there's, there's only, only so many, um, so many sports that you can pick up when you're 22. Um, or, uh, you know, I can't go play in a youth, youth lacrosse league or a youth football league. No, that's just not, not. Like, not really an option. No, um, it's going to be an option. So you're kind of dealing with so, like, like boxing, jujitsu, Olympic lifting. Yeah, that's like that. true. Thanks for watching. See it and feel it with Dr. Brett. And stay tuned for part two of this interview. Remember to like, subscribe, and share with a friend.